Hello and welcome to the Chemistry Made Simple podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Macario, and this is the podcast where you get chemistry confident and get ready for that grade A. Hello, welcome back. I hope you're well. In this episode, we're going to be talking about electronegativity and polarity of covalent bonds. And to do that, we're going to first define what is electronegativity? What are the trends in electronegativity? We're going to talk about the polarity of covalent bonds, where the two atoms are the same element as each other. And we're going to talk about the polarity of covalent bonds when the two atoms in the bond are different elements from each other too. So firstly, what is electronegativity? It sounds a scary word, doesn't it? What does it mean? Electronegativity is the power of an atom to attract the electron density in a covalent bond towards itself. What's that mean? At this point, you might want to go back and listen back to a couple of episodes ago where we talked about covalent bonding. So when you've done that, picture an atom within a covalent bond. The electrons are being shared between those two atoms. So when we talk about the electronegativity of one of those atoms, we're talking about its power, its ability to attract the electrons within that covalent bond more towards it. Atoms of elements with high electronegativity are able to draw the electrons more towards them in a covalent bond. What affects electronegativity? What makes one element have more or less electronegativity than the atoms of another element? There are three things really that affect electronegativity. The first one is nuclear charge. A greater nuclear charge, in other words, more protons, more positive charge in the nucleus is going to obviously attract negative electrons more. The second effect is the distance of the outer shell electrons from the nucleus. And it's outer shell electrons that are involved in the covalent bonding. So effectively, how far is that nuclear charge from the bond itself, from the outer shell electrons that are involved in that bond? And the third effect is the shielding. The more inner shells of electrons that an atom has, the more shielding of the nuclear charge there will be. So more shielding means lower effective nuclear charge being seen by those electrons in the covalent bond and therefore lower electronegativity. So what's that mean for trends in electronegativity in the periodic table? That means as we go across a period, you're going to see an increase in electronegativity. The shielding will be comparable because all the elements in one period have the same number of inner shells and therefore very comparable shielding. The distance of the outer electrons from the nucleus will actually decrease slightly. Remember that as we go across the period, atoms get slightly smaller and therefore as you go across the period, atom is smaller and its outer shell electrons are therefore closer to the nucleus. In other words, the electrons in that covalent bond involving outer shell electrons are going to be more affected by that nuclear charge that's present. And as we go from one element to the next across a period, there is actually one proton extra, and therefore the nuclear charge is increasing steadily across a period. Therefore, as you go across a period, all those things are going to mean that we increase electronegativity. So across any period, electronegativity increases. How about if we consider going down a group? As we go down a group, there is an increase in nuclear charge, of course. There is also a big increase in the size of the atoms. So the outer shell electrons, those involved in the covalent bonding, are going to be much further away from the nucleus for each extra shell that we go down the group. 
And of course, we increase the number of shells in atoms as we go down the group, we're going to see a much bigger shielding effect, therefore shielding the nuclear charge. So we've got an increased nuclear charge, we've got greater shielding of that nuclear charge, and the outer shell electrons are much further away from the nucleus as we go down a group. Overall, the balance of that means that we get a decrease in electronegativity as we go down a group. So if we think about the periodic table as a whole, let's admit the noble gases, ignore those for the moment. The elements with the highest electronegativity are those in the top right. They're at the top towards the top of the group and they're at the right of the period. So fluorine has the greatest electronegativity of all elements, followed by oxygen, chlorine and nitrogen. The elements with the lowest electronegativity that are least electronegative are those in the bottom left. So elements towards the bottom of group one and group two. Okay, what does the electronegativity of the atoms involved in covalent bonds do to the bond? We said we're going to consider the situation where both atoms are of the same element. So if we have a bond that's got two chlorine atoms in, both have high electronegativity, but the same, they are the same electronegativity as each other. So they both have equal attraction for the electrons in that covalent bond. So overall, on average, those electrons, that electron density, if you will, remains towards the middle of that bond. There's no disturbance, there's no overall disturbance of the position of the electrons within that bond. And that means that where we have a covalent bond between two atoms of the same element, we have no distortion of the position of the electrons, we have no polarity. And we'll explain polarity in a moment. And by the way, that's for any covalent bond where both atoms are of the same element, so a carbon to carbon bond, a hydrogen to hydrogen bond, for example. It also works with double covalent bonds, so the, the double bond between two oxygen atoms in the oxygen molecule. How about if the two atoms are of different elements? In that case, they will have different electronegativity, and that means that the atom of the element with the highest electronegativity will have a greater attraction for the electrons in that covalent bond than the other atom. So we could think about hydrogen fluoride, which has a covalent bond between a hydrogen atom and a fluorine atom. So the fluorine atom we mentioned has the highest electronegativity of all elements. Hydrogen's very moderate electronegativity, therefore the electrons in that covalent bond are going to be drawn very much towards the fluorine atom. And that distorts the position of the electrons or the electron density so that it's much more towards the fluorine atom than it is the hydrogen atom. That causes or defines something that we call polarity. That means that that bond doesn't have an even electron density anymore. One end of that bond, one end of that molecule, has more electron density than the other end. And of course, electrons are charged. They have a negative charge. So that means there's more negative charge towards the fluorine end, but towards the end where the electron density is being drawn. And there is less electron density than would be expected at the end where the hydrogen atom is. So overall, we have a slightly more negative end where the fluorine is and a slightly more positive end where the hydrogen atom is. And you've probably seen that we tend to label these or describe these as being a delta minus for the end that's got more electron density, the fluorine atom end, 
and a delta plus for the end that's got less electron density, in this case the hydrogen end. And you often see those drawn on the molecule and you've probably drawn them yourself. You should get used to how to do that, how to show the polarity of a covalent bond within a molecule. So that delta just means that there is a bit of a charge. It's not a full electron charge. The electrons aren't completely on the fluorine atom, but the electron density is much more close to the fluorine. So there is a small charge, and that's why we use the delta. The delta represents it's not a full negative charge. And at the opposite end, when we use delta plus, it's not a full positive charge. It's less than a full electron's worth of charge that we're trying to show. We're not defining exactly how much. We're just showing that there is a difference in the charge at one end compared to the other. There is a polarity. That's what we mean by polarity. There's a delta minus end and a delta plus end to the covalent bond. Why is that important? Well, because it has a great effect over the reactivity of that part of the molecule. It means that nucleophiles attracted to positive charge will be attracted towards the end that's delta plus. And electrophiles, which are attracted to negative charge, will be attracted towards the end, which has the delta negative charge. So it massively changes the reactivity and the type of reactions that can occur for the molecule. And what, what we're describing here works exactly the same for any covalent bond within the molecule where the two atoms are of different elements. It's not just for hydrogen fluoride. It's not just for molecules that have only two atoms in it could be a covalent bond within a much larger molecule it's probably obvious but it's worth stating that show how much the polarity is how much that electronegativity difference is between the the two atoms that are bonded together the bigger the difference in electronegativity the bigger the polarity we don't show that on the molecule. We only use these delta, which is, an, which is an undefined quantity. But you need to get used to the types of bonds show a bigger degree of polarity. Okay, so let's summarize what we've talked about today. We talked about electronegativity being the power of an atom to attract the electrons or electrons density towards themselves within a covalent bond. We talked about the different factors that affect how electronegative an atom of an element is. And we talked about the trends in the periodic table. Things like fluorine, oxygen and chlorine and nitrogen having the highest electronegativity and the elements at the bottom left corner of the periodic table having the lowest electronegativity. We talked about the effects of electronegativity in a covalent bond between two similar atoms of the same element. There's no overall polarity. And we talked about the situation where the two atoms are of different elements. Where we do have polarity, we have a drawing of electrons towards the more electronegative of those two atoms. And we talked about that affecting the reactivity and the reaction types and mechanisms that that molecule can be involved in. Okay, I hope this episode has been of value to you. If it has, please make sure that you are subscribed and that you're telling your friends about this too. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking about another effect of polarity, and that's its effect on intermolecular attractions, the attraction between one molecule and another of the same molecule. I look forward to speaking to you then. Until then, look after yourself and goodbye.